Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. We're going to start our trip in Revelation 10. So let's get going and see what we can find there. Amen. Welcome amen. to the program, Pastor James. We're going to have a nice much. road trip tonight. Amen. Amen. Let's see what the Lord has for us. But I'm going to go ahead and pray first. Heavenly Father, as we come before the throne room of grace and mercy and peace and love in the Holy Spirit, thanking you for this day that you have made, that we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we need you every minute, every second of the day. And I found out praise through praise and worship and praying to you uh, opens up the doors that where we can be in the presence of the Most High God. For as we learn in the presence, we get to have wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And you said your people perish, Father, for lack of knowledge. We want knowledge. We want to be those that have been called in these last days. We know the days of revival has already started, but the people are looking for them in the major churches. And, Father, we know that you're operating in the smaller churches, but we're going to the bigger churches, and that all Israel shall be saved as the gospel goes forth and as we learn what the gospel, the true gospel is, and how much false stuff is out here, how many false messiahs and stuff like that, and some of the things they taught from the past. But you, Father, has given us the truth through your word. Your word does not lie. Your is the only one that says, I am the truth, and I believe it, and we receive it. Father, I ask you to bless us, uh, those that are on the radio and those that are coming to the uh, radio, that they will receive the engrafted word of God, and that it will bless them, bless them, and that they will be able to give others the blessing too. Father, as we look into the book of Revelation, you said there's a blessing for those that hear and those that read. Father, I'm praying, I'm praying that we'll receive the bigger blessing because these are the end times. And Father, we need to be made ready. Father, we care to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, and we all say amen. 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 I just want to say thank you all to all the people that's out there, especially my friend Daniel. Uh, he came over yesterday, the other day, and he helped me. Oh, well, I couldn't say I, he helped me. He did the work, put my my uh, massage chair together that I'll have uh, able to be able to, to get up and relax in that big chair. Also, I want to thank the people that's listening for the broadcast today because the word of God is going to go forth. And it's those that learn the truth, those that receive the truth, those that look for the truth shall receive it. But don't let it go because the Bible talks about the four grounds, the four uh, uh, grounds that the seeds are put into. And we want to make sure we're in good ground, that we bring forth some 30, 60, and 100 fold because God is looking for souls that are going to be bringing forth good fruit, good fruit, and we want to be those persons. Right now, I'd like to turn to the book of Revelation, starting with the 10th chapter and the first verse. Revelation, the 10th chapter, starting with the uh, 10th verse, I mean, first 10th chapter and the first verse. Now, last time we, we went through uh, the, the nine books of the book of Revelation, and we found that 
it's going to be a, a time where people are going to be crying out to die and won't be able to die. The, the punishment of God is going to be up on this earth. One third of the people are going to die. And we need to know what we're supposed to be doing if we're here. Now, there's going to be some people left after the rapture come because they didn't really believe. They didn't put their heart into obeying what God says. I hope that everybody makes it. I hope that everybody will leave, but I happen to know the truth that most people, if it ain't something easy and uh, easily picked up, they won't do it. All right. Revelation, the 10th chapter in the first verse. I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloth, a cloud, and as, and as a rainbow was up on his head, his face was as it was the sun and sea as a pillar of fire. He had in his hand a little open book and set it in his set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot upon the earth. Now I believe in going back and kind of reading so I can get an understanding of what the Bible is talking about. The Bible always interprets itself or explains itself. So as you start to read these things, you'll look down and you will see where it gives you the answer if you or you might have to skip to other uh, chapters, like that where it talks about the uh, rainbow and everything upon the sea. Uh, there's the answer to that is in Ezekiel, first chapter and the 28th verse. Let's go look at it. Ezekiel, the first chapter and the 28th verse. My main thing is to teach you to study the Bible for yourself and that the word of God will explain itself to you, and that way you'll be able to see what God is doing and then obey God, because that's what we're here for. Obey God, and we'll be able to receive the blessings of God. So uh, let's turn to Isaiah, the first chapter, and the 28th verse. Okay. And it reads as this wise. It says... Uh, at 28 verse, it says, as the appearance of the bow as in a cloud in the day of rain, so appears the brightness around it. In other words, we're talking about that rainbow that we just got to see in the book of Revelation. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face and I heard a voice of one speak. In other words, this is uh, you have to put these things together. And I don't mean just those two verses, but others so you can get the full understanding. This is where knowledge comes when you put all God's scripture together and understand how it operates and what does it mean. Just like the word gospel, we say it all the time, but really, do we know what gospel means? Until you look it up and let the Bible interpret itself, you will never know. And what gospel means is prophecy the revelation of prophecy, all right? And it says this, the, going to the second chapter, in the first verse of Ezekiel, and I said unto, and he said unto me, Son of man, stand upon your feet, and I will speak to thee. And the spirit, now this is where we got to really look at this, and the spirit entered into me when he spoke unto me and set me up on my feet, and I heard him that spoke to me. Now, what I want you to see, that part says, and the spirit entered unto me. This is how God used to do things. He still do. 
the spirit of God has got to enter into you. That's why I tell people all the time, if you want a word from God, a prophecy from God, if this person is prophesying of himself, that is not God. It has to be the spirit that enters into the prophet or the prophetess or the preacher. And the spirit will do the talking. And when that spirit do the talking, the pastor or the minister or whoever that person is, all we do is speak what we hear. We don't come up with something new. We speak what we hear from the spirit. That's why a lot of people out here false prophesying, false teaching and stuff, because they're they're going from their own thoughts instead of from the thought of the spirit of God, which the spirit of God will enter in. You hear what I said? Enter in. And that's what helps you to learn all truth. It's the spirit that enters in. Now, if you're being attacked from other people, other spirits and stuff, it's your job to attack back and ask the true Holy Spirit to come in and give you an answer. Can you have both spirits at the same time, the spirit of the devil and the spirit of God? The answer is yes. All you have to do is look at Peter. When Jesus said, do, uh, who do men say I am? He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, only flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. People didn't reveal that to us. But he said, of my father. And then he said, now I got to go. Jesus said, I'm getting ready to go to Jerusalem. I'm getting ready to get killed. And Peter said, oh, far from that be from you. And what is the first thing that Jesus said after that? Get thee behind me, Satan, for you desire the things of this world. So in other words, you can have both. It's up to you to accept the one you want to serve. I accept the word of God. I walk on the word of God. I live in the word of God. And that's the only way you're going to make it through this world because this world belongs to Satan. He is the God of this world. And because he is the God of this world, and we're not here, we're pilgrims. Pilgrims means we're passing through. That's why we get attacked. Or we are passing through a planet that does not belong to us yet, but will in the end. Let's go back to the book of Revelations, the 10th chapter, and the uh, third verse. And Craig with a loud voice and with a lion roar. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Sit up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. In other words, there are some things that still yet to be fulfilled. God hides things, and he tells us to come seek him out. To ask, seek, and knock. All right? And the angel which I saw standing upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hands to heaven and swore by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and the things that are there are and the earth and the things that are in that and the sea and the things which are therein. They should be time no longer. If you notice... It says that God created the heavens, he created the earth, and he created the sea. Now, sea sometimes can mean people. But in this case, it means there's something that's hidden in. There's a, a kingdom called the marine kingdom. And people, I don't believe in all that. I don't care. <laughs> it's true. 
Just like if I told you you didn't have no clothes on, and you do have clothes on, I don't care how much I deny something, it will not change things. There are three different planes or three different dimensions, and one of them's heaven, other one's earth, and the other one is in the earth. And it's called the marine spirit. That's why it says the earth was underwater or in darkness, and the spirit of God moved upon the deep. All right, let's keep on going. And my main thing is to get you to read this for yourself, not for me to give you the explanation of everything in there, but to make you hungry enough to where you'll learn and earn and go out there for yourself. Okay, verse 7. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he had began to sound, the mystery, see, the mystery of God should be finished as he had declared to his servants, the prophets. And the voice which I heard from heaven spoke unto me again, saying, Go, take this little book, which is open in the hand of the angel, which stands upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went to the angel and said, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up. It shall make thy belly. Now, I want you to pay close attention to this. It will, uh, it will make your belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. Now, I want you to pay attention to that because we're going to have to go back to it in a second. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. And in my mouth, it was sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, if my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, thou must prophesy or preach again before many people, nations, tongues, and kings. Now, what I wanted you to look at, when it first was written there, when he says, uh, the ninth verse, it said, take it and eat it up, and it shall be. Now, here's the angel talking to him, said, it shall be. Uh, make thy belly bitter, but in your mouth it be sweet. Then the next phase, when you read it, he said, I took the book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and in my mouth, see, it's the reverse what it says now, in my mouth, sweet as honey, but as soon as I had eaten it, in my belly, it was bitter. God is always trying to tell us something, that he hides something, that he hides secrets. That's why he said, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. A lot of times when you read scriptures, you'll read them one way, but if you want to get the understanding, you got to read them the opposite way. And that's how God hides things. It's God's, God's good pleasure to, to make mysteries for us because he didn't want us to be bored. He wants us to search things out. But it's the job of a king or a queen to search these things out to see what is God really saying, because he wants us to be diligently seeking him. He wants us to be diligently figuring out what is God saying. He wants us to be diligent in everything when it comes down to the word of God, where we can say it with all the confidence in the world, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And not anything made that was not made without the word. The word is God. God is the word. When you learn these things and you learn the other secrets that is vibration, sound, and noise that creates everything, everything, everything in the kingdom of God. That's how it's made. We have a thought first. We speak second. 
and the Holy Spirit brings it to pass. All right. Let's keep on going here. Let me see here. The 11th chapter. Well, let's go back to the 11th, uh, the 10 and 11 first, where it says, and he said unto me, thou must prophesy, thou must prophesy, thou must speak the word of God. Thou, a lot of people ain't going to like it. They're going to be against you. You're not here to make friends. You're here to obey the word of God. Because when the word of God goes forth in your mouth, it'll be knowledge. But others that'll hear it, they may not like it because it corrects people. It tells us to repent. It tells us to stop going in the road that we're going, but turn from our wicked ways to turn to the most high God. And the more you do that, the more you'll understand that God is uh, truly the God that's trying to take care of us, trying to uh, bring us up to the top. But the thing is, he wants the cream of the crop. He doesn't want just anything. I was down here in uh, Atlanta, Georgia last week. And this lady, she uh, works at Domino Pizza. And I, I went in there and I was talking to the uh, people that work with her. And she heard me. And she said, well, I, I got a question. And before she could speak, the Lord spoke to me. He said, tell her that she has a prophetic ministry but she's not living right and that she's living in sin. Now, to say that she's got a prophetic ministry, that was good for me to say something good. And she received it as good. But then the bitterness came when I had to tell her you're not living right and that, you, uh, that you're living in sin. And the first thing out of her mouth, oh, everybody sins. There's nobody perfect. But the Bible says, be holy as I'm holy. Be perfect as I am perfect. Jesus said that. So who am I going to believe? The person and their emotions are the word of God. Anyway, to make a long story short, we went out went outside because she was in a lot of pain, body-wise. Felger, moralgia, whatever they call that. And we went outside, and I told her to stick her hands up. And this, this is embarrassing because it was late at night. It was dark. We were in front of a store. And people might say I was trying to rob her, but I wanted her to surrender all. And when she did, I prayed for her, and the Lord instantly healed her. This is what you want to see, God moving in the miraculous. Uh, one more little uh, testimony about God. I'm up in Detroit praying for this uh, little baby. He's about, oh, three or four months old, but he had a flat head. And I don't mean on top where they have a opening in the top of the head, but I'm talking about on the side, it was flat. And uh, the mother and father wanted me to pray for that baby. Well, I got ready to pray for it, and the Lord said, pray for the baby. So if he tells you to pray for something, you do what he says, he brings it to pass. I didn't touch the baby. All I did was pray over the top, and everybody saw that head when it sealed back up to a normal head size. All right, let's keep on to the 11th chapter and the first verse. And there was given unto me a reed like a rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court which is written without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles. A Gentile means one who does not have a covenant with God, 
or one who has a covenant with God but was not born Jewish. All right? So once you're you accept it in, it does not make you a Jew. You're a Jew brought in through the covenant of, of Jesus Christ. Now, the Jews don't believe that Jesus, a lot of the Jews, not all, not all, a lot of the Jews don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah because they were taught against that. So they've been taught about all these other false messiahs or saviors and that they uh, found out that they were liars. Even in uh, our time, since Jesus' time, 1600, there was this one uh, prophet that he said that he was the Messiah. And all kinds of miracles was happening around him and everything. But all of a sudden, he started teaching another doctrine, what Paul preached against. That's why we have to be careful. And when somebody says, well, I am a man of God. I'm a woman of God. Well, I want to see your fruit. I want, to, I want you to prove it to me. Because if you don't prove it to me, I don't, I'm not going to listen. I've got to see the fruit that God said. Because I know what he said, there are many false prophets. So let me keep on reading here. It says, it's given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall be treaded underfoot 40 and two months. 40 and two months is three and a half years. And I will give power unto my two witnesses. They shall prophesy, preach, a thousand two hundred and threescore days, clothed in sackcloth. They are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God and the earth. Now, here's the thing. Most people think that's Moses or Elijah or Enoch and Moses or Enoch and Elijah and stuff, but that is not what the Bible says. This is why you got to search this thing for yourself. It says, these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing between God and the earth. Well, if you notice in the beginning of uh, Revelation, it talked about the candlesticks. And there were seven candlesticks. And they were seven angels from the candlesticks. And they were in the churches of the church age. So there will be two angels that will be sitting down here. And then it says, and if any man who shall hurt them, fire proceeds out of their mouth and devour their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in the same manner be killed. They have power to shut up heaven and it rain not for the days of their prophecy and their power over the waters to them that have to them that are to them to blood and over to, to smite the earth with all plagues and off as often as they will. In other words, these are two supernatural beings that God is sending down here. They didn't say they were born, they didn't say they're gonna come up. There will be two angels and they're one of the one they're the two out of the seven angels that's talking about in the candlestick. The Bible always interprets itself. All right. And I wouldn't want to be here and be their enemies because they, they say, if you try to hurt them, whatever way you try to hurt them, they're going to hurt you. And if a man try to kill them, they must be killed. All right. The persons will. These have power to shut up the heavens. So in other words, they'll do, I'll uh, be able to prophesy. That's what a word, uh, uh, 
uh, gospel means. They'll be able to prophesy or be able to uh, uh, predict what's getting ready to happen. And the rain uh, during their time will not rain unless they say through. They have power to stop the rain, turn them to blood, smite the earth with all plagues. What plagues? The plagues there in the book of uh, uh, uh of Exodus that hit the uh, the people that was in Egypt, and as often as they will, all right. And when they have had finished their testimony, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. Well, if you go back and read the book of Daniel, you'll find in there where it says, "In the last days, the saints that know their God will do great." Ask for the great miracles, but it says the wicked will do wicked there, and it, then it says it will overcome the saints. That's how we know that our Bible is the true Bible. It repeats itself, it, it explains itself. It anything that you need to know is in the 66 books, all right. And then it says, uh, the eighth uh, verse. It says, and their dead bodies shall lie in the streets of the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half, and shall suffer their bodies, the, they will suffer their bodies not to be put in graves. Now, did you notice three and a half? God uses that over and over again. There's going to be a tribulation period that Jesus talked about. It's called the tribulation period, which is three and a half years. But then he said the great tribulation, that's a different thing, and that will be another three and a half years. So in other words, the earth and all these people are going to go through a judgment part of seven years. Seven years. Three and a half, three and a half years, Satan's going to be whooping up on the people that's left here. And then on the other three and a half, God's going to be whooping up on these people that's left here. So that's seven years of torment for anybody who knew the truth and didn't accept it. And those that worship the beast, they'll be uh, making them do wickeder and wickeder. So they will have, at the time, no excuse when they stand before the judgment seat or what they call the bema. Number nine. And they are the people and kindreds and tongues of all nations shall see their body, as I said, for three days and a half. So always remember, three and a half days means three and a half years. They that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because the two prophets, angels, speakers from God, tormented them that dwell on the earth. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God enters into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. They And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither, and they will ascend up to the heavens in a cloud, and their enemies shall behold them. The reason most people go around talking about, well, uh, they might be, they must be Moses and Elijah because everybody must die to get up into heaven. Well, if you notice, Jesus was here. Jesus was sent from heaven. Jesus died an earthly death. And at the end of the uh, three days, 
uh, he rose from the dead. So did these three, these two, they rose from the dead, all right? So there, according to the Bible, as I said, the Bible always interprets itself, they were angels or the candlesticks, okay? And it's if those that stood between, uh, these two candlesticks stand between God and of the earth, okay? Then it says, and they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, come up hither. They ascended up to heaven in a cloud and their enemies beheld them. And that same hour, there was a great earthquake and the tenth of the part of the city fell. And, and the earthquake came and slayed men 7,000. See, I keep trying to tell you, God goes back and uses numbers. And the remnant was afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. And the second woe was passed, and behold, the third woe comes quickly. And the seven angels sounded, the seventh angel sounded, and there was great voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of this world are become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. As right now, I told you, Satan is the one who is the God of this world. But because of what's getting ready to happen, the kingdom of of this world are to become the kingdom of our Lord. And if you notice, it's spelled with a capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Then we're talking about the Father, God the Father, and of his Christ, which is his Son. And it says that he shall reign forever and ever. What's going to happen that at the end of the seventh year, we who are uh, alive and have changed into our, our immortal bodies will come back here. And we will set up residence here in the world. We'll rule and reign with Jesus Christ for a thousand years. That's what we call the millennium. And those that have been made themselves ready will be people who will be running the businesses, running the government and all that. And we will have justice at last. We'll be back to what the Bible says, the three things that God requires of us. And that is to just uh, to love justice to uh, love mercy, and to walk humbly, humbly with our God. The more we start to learn of what the word says, the more we get rid of pride. Pride is something we got to crucify each and every day. All right. Let's see here. We're doing pretty good on the book of Revelation here, so let me keep on going here. Let me see here. We're in the uh, bill in the 11th chapter and the 16th verse. And it says, And the four and twenty elders which sit before God on their seats fell upon their face and worshiped God, saying, We, have, we give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which are, which was, and are to come, because thou have taken to thee thy great power and has reigned. Now, if you notice that, it's, it's capital L, but it's small R, small R, I mean, small O-R-D, and it's talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who's going to rule this reign, rule in uh, this world, and we're going to be right there with him, to rule and reign with him. The nations are going to see the truth about the God that they turned down, the God they refused to obey, 
the ones they rebelled against and found that they truly a loving and kind God, but he has a set time where his anger will come out and he'll rule this place with a rod of iron. But eventually we'll understand why God does what he does. All right. It says, uh, 18th verse, and the nations were angry and thy wrath is come and the time of the death that they should be judged and thou shalt give them reward unto thy servants, the prophets and to the saints and them that fear thy name or thy authority, small and great, and should destroy them which destroyed the earth. People are going to pay a price for those that have killed uh, innocent blood and dropped it upon this earth and stuff. They're going to pay a price. And they said that we're going to get blessed for those of the prophets and to the saints and them that fear his name or his authority. We're going to be rewarded. Then it says 19, it says, and the temple of God was opened in heaven and there was seen in the temple the ark of his testimony. And there were lightning and voices and thunder and the earthquake and great hail. All right. So in other words, people are going to see the rain of God's anger come up on this earth. And as I say, when that, that starts to happen, it's when we're coming back. And not only we, but all those who have made themselves ready, who have been to the marriage supper in heaven, that they're going to uh, reveal themselves, and we're going to let people know that truly our God, not just any God, our God, the one that we uh, understand that started Judaism, who's the one who called, uh, called Abraham, who called Isaac, who called Jacob, who called Moses, who called Jesus, to under, let us understand this is the true God, the one that rules and reigns from heaven above. All right. I'm going to open up the lines now. And if there's anybody there that want to ask any questions or comment, this is the time to call in. All you have to do is push one on your telephone, and it shall open the line. Well, do you have anything to say, uh, Dorothy? I just wanted to uh, something that came to mind, and uh, I'm sorry, I'm having trouble talking. Um, when you're hearing a false prophet, and you're trying to figure out what's what and why it is, for a believer, when a true prophet of God speaks a word, it will resonate with you, with the spirit within you. Mm-hmm. Just like when when Mary went to see her cousin Elizabeth and the children, you know, John left in the womb, it's because his mm-hmm. spirit was recognizing that other spirit. So you don't need to be worrisome or fretful about being deceived if you pay attention to the spirit of God within you, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Because like you said, resonate or vibrate. Our vibration will pick up the other vibration that's true vibration of God versus when it's the opposite. Like they have this music and stuff, and they'll tell you, the different beats of the music will let you know if this is more of a, a, a healing type music or a destructive type music. So, as I said, the more you, the more you put the word of God in you, the stronger you become, 
and the more you'll be able to pick up this stuff. So if any, uh, you got any more comments, Dorothy? No, that does it for me, and no one has their hand up. Is is? I see Daniel in there. Are you going to put your hand up? You got a question, Daniel? Come on. Nope, his hand. Is, oh, there he. Oh, eight one six. Let me open that mic. Okay. Hold on a second. Okay, area code eight one six. Your mic is open. Area code eight one six five five zero. Did Hello? you mute your phone? Mm. Huh. I was just waiting on the answer. Mm. See, that's why I don't put my phone near my mouth. I'd be muting it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hear you. Is that saying you know, that's been there? You go. I had to take it off with mute. Hello. Out. It, it happens a lot. Go ahead, honey. I'm sorry. Good evening to both of you. I like what you said, but I didn't quite understand it. About which part you didn't understand? The young lady that was speaking. The vibration and the feeling. Because I had an experience recently, and after I spoke with the individual, they began to read me. And then it was like this was a psychic, and I was not happy that I had talked to this person. Uh-huh. Well, if you notice about the Bible, everything was made by uh, the Hebrew letters, and that is in Psalms 119 in our Bible. If you got a King James, it'll show up there. Olive bed, gimel, right. olive hay. And if you go through, there's 22 letters, and those 22 letters represent the 22 chapters of the book of Revelation. And what it is, that uh, once you start to read and with understanding, you'll find out that vibration, um, frequency, and it produces noise is what everything that God did. That's why he said, uh, let there be light. And then there was light. If he hadn't spoke, no no vibrations, no speaking, no frequency, would have made no noise and nothing would have happened. And that's the way God creates everything. And our spirit being uh, vibrates at a certain uh, uh, sound, at, I think it's 432. And when it does, you'll notice music that plays at that, that vibration is very calming, peaceful. But when you go out to you know, when you hear these other people playing all this other music and stuff, it it goes against our heartbeat. It goes against our right. our well being. Right. Mhm. So yeah, okay. and you need to stay away from uh, psychics and stuff like that, and because uh, they they operate at a different frequency. Now, God may gave them a gift, but because they didn't obey God. Then they start uh, 
prophesying on their own or out of their own heart. And the way you, you'll know by their fruit, you'll be able to know what fruit. If they have peace, love, joy, or they're trying to, uh, they're trying to help people, or they're doing this for money and for themselves. Recently, I have seen some of the preachers, and it's really surprising, which I'm very happy. They are repenting from this uh, gospel, the false gospel of, of uh, prosperity message. Now, now, I'm talking about some big people. I'm talking about like, uh, 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 what's his name? Benny Hinn. Uh, Benny Hinn, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He started repenting. Uh, this other preacher was on TV the other night. I, uh, as I said, I'm, I'm listening to them and seeing that they're starting to repent, talking about money comes and all that. They stop that. I ain't all of them haven't, but there are some. They'll, they'll tell you that is the wrong doctrine. Our God is a wow. God of love, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. And if we prosper, good. If we don't prosper, good. Because Paul said, in whatever state that I'm in, I learn to be content. So, okay, did I answer your question? To a degree, of course, there was more of a twist to it than that. But we'll leave it alone. Oh, okay. okay, have you ever heard of the term, a check in your spirit? Have you heard of that Checking, term before? No, no, I haven't. Okay. Let me see what if I can explain it. It means that, you know, we're spiritual person, right? We have a spirit right. man. And the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is in communion with that spirit I'm man. And as you grow in Christianity, what will happen is you'll hear something that just sort of hits you wrong. Um, it's like, let me see if I can, you know how sometimes when somebody lies to you and it's like a slap yeah. in the face, it's so obvious to you. That's like yes. what a check in the spirit is. It hits me in the gut and in the chest. I mean, everybody mm. hears God different. So it's something, it's part of the discernment that he gives us as we grow and learn his word better. Did that make okay. sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. okay. It does. Some of these what spiritual things are very hard to explain in the natural. That's why the Bible Actually, tells I was at a, I was at a seminar when this individual introduced himself to me and gave me his card. But lo and behold, did I know he was a psychic or had anything to do with it? Mm-hmm. I, that that's yeah. what threw me off altogether. I was like, oh man, <laughs> just when we <laughs> close the door on one, here comes another, and a lot of fiery darts have been coming, and so. Yeah. Well, one of the things um, is the devil always holler, legal right, legal right. Even though, you you know, the uh, people have told us ignorant is no excuse from the law. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't know. It doesn't matter. Same thing in the spiritual realm. 
Just because you don't know something or understand nothing doesn't mean that the devil can't claim a legal right. And a lot of times he'll attack us, not right then. You know, everybody ain't going to get me now. No, he might wait years later. Then all of a sudden he mess you up and you can't understand why is things going bad. I'm trying to live right for God, but he still has a legal right and a curse is not broken until it's broken. Until it's broken. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. You got any more questions? I have. No, I, I, I'm, I'm done. I was, I, I was, I was shocked at that. You know. Mm-hmm. That they would show up at a seminar where they're not supposed to be, but okay. All right. Yeah, these Thank witches you. and psychics, the enemy infiltrate wherever God is is going to be. And God's people, he will, the enemy will infiltrate. So you still have to keep your um, antenna up, your spiritual antenna. Right. I mean, there have been times when my, I was at a conference and the enemy was so loud, you know, in the spirit speaking, Mm -hmm. you know, I just, it was overwhelming. I had to actually leave and go off somewhere by myself and do some praying, you know. But, yes, wherever you go to meet God, the enemy is going to try and keep you from him. That's his job, and he's good at it. Yep. And that's the interesting part was that during the conversation that I have with this individual, he spoke of God. And that was, that really, like I say, that whole scenario just threw me away, just blew me away. I was like, what? (laughs) Okay. You got to watch out for these false prophets. Yes, they'll tell you uh, in the name of Jesus, they'll they'll say, oh, yeah, I believe in God. Well, the Bible says the devil believes in God and trembles, but that don't save him. The only way you get to find out about a false prophet is that God's spirit, as I say, just what you're saying, starts uh, vibrating you or you feel this, oh, this is, this man's not true. He's a liar. And if you have the word in you, right. that makes it even a lot better because the word will show you the truth. When it says that uh, the man says, well, I, God said that this is going to happen and it comes to pass, then he turns around and tells you, but you need to worship this other God. He's the one that's trying to help. He's the other. No. Our God is the true God. We don't worship no other God but the one. Right. And his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he and the Bible says, even though the, the prophecy came to pass, it doesn't mean anything if he's trying to get you to worship another God. It's only a test. No. I heard it, and it was like, it's time to get back over there where I need to be. <laughs> Sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, so I haven't made any more contact with them. Great. And yeah. The first time was, was, was enough to just blow me away, and I started praying all over my house and hopefully breaking off some spirit. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that when I say my prayers, I I do yawn. I, okay, just you know what that happens. You never notice that. You're breaking little ones off. 
Yep. So we need okay. to get to the big ones. Yes, sir, we do. All right. Well, yes, we do. do you have any other questions or any comments? No, I, I, I truly don't. I'm enjoying it. I'm being able to keep up today. Amen. With where you're at. So that's a plus. <laughs> All right, then. And I thank you guys for answering my questions and taking taking time up to to do to devote to me. Well, that's what we're here for, because if we don't help one another, the devil sure ain't. <laughs> he comes no, to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to stop us from knowing Jesus, or if he doesn't stop us, he makes us a weak Christian. So our testimony ain't worth nothing. Right. So, mm-hmm. All right, then. Well, I'm gonna continue on here on the book of uh, the book of Revelation. We're going to the okay. twelfth chapter. And thanks again. And it says, "There appeared a great wonder in heaven: a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and under her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with." Child cried, travailing in birth, pains to be delivered. And then there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads, ten horns, seven crowns upon his head. And his tail grew, uh, drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and he cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered or to devour, or to kill her child as soon as it was born. Now, it wasn't too long ago they were talking about this on the Internet, talking about this this uh, scripture has came to pass. They were talking about uh, Venus and Jupiter lining up a certain way, and that this represented the, uh, the scripture or the prophecy that is in, first, uh, in 12th chapter and the first verse. But I want you all to understand this is not coming to pass until, first of all, the uh, scripture which says, come up hither. In other words, the fourth chapter of Revelation, what we read earlier, the rapture must happen first. And then these other things can happen. Yes, uh, God does do things in the beginning, and then he'll repeat it again to give us an, a warning of what's getting ready to happen. So we've made ourselves prepared. When it talks about the dragon, you know it's talking about Satan and them. So this is not our Messiah. It says that it's trying to kill. Uh, they were sitting there ready to kill the uh, baby when it was born. What was what was born? Most people saying it was Jesus. But we're talking about when the church was created. This is what the, uh, the red dragon has been trying to kill ever since. He's been trying to kill the church ever since. That's why you have all these people making all these different rules opposite than what the Bible says. That's why if you stick with the word, the word will stick with you. You throw away the word, and the word will reject you. All right, the fifth chapter, I mean, fifth verse. And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her ch- child was caught up unto unto God and to his throne. Well, what is supposed to be called up? Jesus was called up first. Now, what is next being called up? The children of the rapture. 
the children of the church. And they said the woman fled from the wilderness where, I mean, fled unto the wilderness where he had placed a, a depression prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. What is that talking about? Is it talking about the uh, rapture? No, it's talking about the saints of God. Well, which ones are the saints of God? It's talking about the Jewish race. Now, where are they going to be at? They're going to be in a place called uh, Petra. And they're going to enter into this one place that goes in. They can hold over a thousand people. See, that's why we knowledge is power. The more we know what's getting ready to happen or what is being spoke about, then we can see this and it becomes clear. It becomes clear. When they go in there, they're going to have enough food to take care of over a million people. And it's just one way in and one way out. And the person that's going to be guarding that gate is going to be called Michael, the archangel. He is one of the prince that watches over the Jews. And we got to understand the difference between Judaism and Christianity. And you got to understand, don't, don't get mad at the Jews right now because they got a, a, a blanket across their face. They cannot see the truth. But we have been revealed the truth, and our job is to... Speak this word, and with signs and wonders following. Signs and wonders, all right. Then it says, and there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels, that's what we were just talking about, the, the uh, archangels, fought against the dragon, and the dragons fought with his angels, prevailing not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out the old serpent, called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. This has not happened yet. Still, there are still angels that are going to have to be judged. Now, you'll have to go back in the Old Testament, look into the Psalms and stuff, where you'll find out. He said, even the heaven is not clean yet. God's trying to clean house. He wants the best of the best, the top of the top. Just because they might be an angel or say they're an angel, they may not be. That's why you have to learn the word for yourself. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation. Not before, now has come salvation. And as you know, we this is not salvation yet because look at how many people are sick here. How many people are going through things? How many people are being lied upon? How many people are being cheated upon and stuff? Salvation is not here yet, but Jesus is getting the house prepared for his return. And when he returns, the house will be without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. That's what the Bible says, not what James said. This is what the Bible says. That's what he's coming for, a place that has made themselves perfected. The Bible says that be holy as I'm holy, be perfect as I'm perfect. That is talking about the church. Then it says, and uh, let's read that verse again, the 10th verse. And I heard a loud voice uh, saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcome him by the blood of the lamb, 
by and by the word of their testimony, and they love not their life unto death. In other words, it says, when this come to pass, the one who's the accuser who said, they ain't worth anything, why are you trying to save them? You know, the one that talks about the uh, human race, that they want us destroyed. The devil don't like us. They don't like us, and we don't like them. And he said, they go before the Father day and night, accusing us of not being worthy to be saved. And the 11th verse says, and they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. The word blood can mean many things in Hebrew, but one of the things, it means life. So life of who? The Lamb. Who is the Lamb? Jesus. How do we know? The Bible interprets itself. He did not, John say, behold, the Lamb of God. He was talking about Jesus, which is the Word of God. And by the word of their testimony. That's why I, I tell people a lot of things that what I've seen Jesus do. And they love not their life. That's what blood is, life, until death. In other words, when you truly got saved, when you truly make up your mind, because you can accept the Lord, and you've got to remember, you're saved, you're being saved, and you shall be saved. But in any of those times, you can walk away from God. God ain't throwing you away. You throw him away. You walk away from him. You don't want to obey him. You don't want to serve him. So because of that, because of that, this is how you can lose your salvation. It's you, not God, okay? And it says you love, you know, what you what God has told you to do until the death. In other words, hey, I'd rather die than sin. Therefore, rejoice, you heavens, and you that dwell therein. Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth. And and of the seal, sea of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. How long does he have to be enjoyed? Seven and a half years. Have that started yet? No, it hasn't. But it's about to. The uh, first thing is coming forth, and which is already started. Uh, the revival. The revival is coming forth. We're seeing blind eyes up open, deaf ears open, body parts stretched out again, people getting healed of cancer, uh, you name it. The Bible says I've seen it done, all right? Even the dead raised. And 13, it says, and when the dragon saw that he was cast upon the earth, he pursued the woman which was brought forth, the man-child. And the woman was given two wings as a great eagle, and she... Might, uh, might fly into the wilderness unto her place where she'll be nourished for a time, time, and a half a time from the face of the serpent. Where is that place? Petra, Petra, Petra. Look it up. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood before the woman that he might cause her to be carried away in the flood. And the Bible says, uh, I think it's in Isaiah, the 50th chapter, where when the spirit, uh, when the uh, when the flood will come in, that the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. This is why I said the Bible always interprets itself or explains itself. Just have to look. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened up her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth or angry with the woman, which is the woman, the church, the church, the Jewish synagogue and our church, and want to make war with the remnants of her seed. 
uh, which kept the commandments of God and having the testimony of Jesus Christ. The commandments of God was given to the Jews. The testimony of Jesus Christ was given to the church. We're the church. If you're not born a Jew, you're a child. If you accepted Jesus Christ, you're the church, a body of believers. What does synagogue mean? A collection of, of uh, believers. That's Jewish. And I stood upon the sand of the sea, saw a beast rise out of the sea, having seven heads, ten horns, and upon his horns, ten crowns, and upon his head, the name of blasphemy. And what is blasphemy mean is to talk against someone, to be against, and they definitely against our God, which is Jesus Christ. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and his feet was like feet of a bear, and his mouth was like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and his authority. Who was that? Satan. There's a man that, that we call the Antichrist. He has many names. He says that, the son of position and stuff. But he is coming here and be in the flesh, and he's going to take over this world for seven years. The Bible done warned us of it, just like Jesus told them. He said, uh, tear down this temple, and in three days I'll build it back up. And they talking about, well, look how long it took us to build this thing. It wasn't, you can't do it in those three days, but he was talking about his body. God uses symbolism. And then he said that because they rejected him, he's going to reject them, and they will not come back until they say, blessed be the name, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And what happened in 70 AD, Rome came in and destroyed the temple of the Jews. And from that point, 70 AD, there has never been another temple. But they're building one now because the prophecy says in the end times, end times, that the temple would be built again. And all these 2,000 years, just about, has never been a temple built, but now it's on its way. That's why I said the, the word uh, gospel means prophesy. Prophesy. God is prophesying, and that's the good news. For his word does not lie, and it does not come back void, but it accomplishes what he has sent out to do. All right. And if you notice, this is a repeat of the uh, the crowns and the, uh, the horns and everything else. All right. Then it says uh, on the um, third verse, I saw one of his heads as it was wounded to death, and his deadly wounds were healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, who said, Who is like unto the beast, who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemy. And power was given unto him to continue four and two months. Forty-two months. Three and a half years. And he opened up his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheming his name or authority, his tabernacle, a place where we gathered, and to them that dwelled in the heaven. In other words, this person going to curse everything that belongs to the God that's in heaven. But it ain't going to do no good because our God is the awesome God, and he's the one who created everything. And everything that operates by what I just told you, the uh, vibration, sound, and noise. It's all about these things that God created. And if he created it, he knows how to stop it. 
so they can try their best trying to take over heaven as they did once before, which was in the book of, uh, I think it's uh, the sixth chapter when they were talking about the Tower of Babel. They tried to take over uh, heaven then. They lost, and they are losing again. All right? But this time will be the last time. All right. He got a son that are high. And it was given, uh, let me see here, the seventh verse. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given unto him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. You remember what I told you, the power to overcome the saints was in the book of Daniel. I think it's Daniel, the seventh chapter and the 21st verse. But what I'm saying is that, yes, they're going to overcome the saints. But they're not going to be able to destroy all the saints. And God's power will rise from the from the dust. You hear me? If it got to rise from the dead, it will rise again. God's word is not going to lie. Man is not going to be able to uh, diminish God's word. God's word is always going to ring true. Then it says, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life, the lamb of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man has an ear, let him hear. In other words, if your name is not written in the Lamb Book of Life, you're not going to make it. You and well, if you make if your name is written in the Lamb Book of Life, and you, you decide you want to live like the world, will you make it? No. The Bible says in the Book of Revelation in the beginning, it says, "I will blot your name out of the Book of Life." You can't get it blotted out until first of all you got it written in. All right. So. So that's why I'm telling people, read this thing for yourself. Get an understanding. With all you're getting, get an understanding. How you're going to get it is that the Bible interprets itself. Don't give it any private interpretation. Let it interpret itself. And then even in that ninth verse where he says, if any man has an ear, let him hear. And then it says, he that led it into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killed where the sword must be killed with the sword. He that is uh, here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And I below I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke like a lion, uh, a dragon. And he exercised all the power of the first beast before him and caused the earth and them which dwell there to worship the first beast, whose deadly sin or deadly wound was healed. Now, a lot of times people are trying to say, well, it's going to be the Antichrist. He's going to be killed, and he'll come back from the dead and stuff like this. Most of that, we'll never interpret the scriptures until we have, it's already been fulfilled, and we can look backwards and see, oh, this is what God meant. Oh, I see what God meant now. In other words, stop trying to guess at this thing. If the Bible doesn't tell you something, be silent. Where the Bible is silent, you be silent. And where God speaks and show you, speak it to others so that we may help one another. Or as I say, we're all in the same world. <laughs> if the world goes down uh, on fire, we all go down together unless we escape through Jesus Christ, which he gave his life for us. All right. 13. It says, he does great wonders so that he make fire come down from the heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceive them that dwells upon the earth by means of these miracles, which he has power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they 
should make uh, make an image unto the beast which has the wound uh, who had the wound by a sword and did live. And he has power to give life unto the image of the beast. That image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as worship would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now, what is that talking about? It's talking about a cyborg. It's talking about a half human, half machine. This stuff is being made. It's already here. They got armies of what they call cyborgs. A lot of times when we look at these movies and stuff and we say science fiction, today is science fiction. Tomorrow it's become reality. As I say, I remember before these cell phones were made, we used to have cans and strings, and one day thinking about it's going to be like Star Trek, that we can flip up a phone, speak anywhere in the world. Now it has came to pass. But if we did, if we try to predict that thing before, it would have never happened. But God knows what's going to happen before it happens. He knows the end from the beginning. Is there anybody got any questions or anything? Daniel has a question. Daniel has a question. And, Daniel, your mic is already open. Well, hello. Can you all hear me? How are you doing, sir? Oh, not too bad. Okay. following along here and I I was almost afraid to uh, interrupt here I didn't have anything earlier but I I got to thinking about uh, how you were talking about the marine kingdom how there's Mm -hmm. all these different different, uh, I don't know what you call it places realities uh huh so, um, I know that you know about uh, a man of God uh, over in Africa who has a church called the Synagogue Church of All Nations, Mr. Yeah. T.B. Joshua. <clears throat> I had been watching some of his programming. This is a while ago. And uh, this woman had come up for prayer. And uh, I don't know the spirit that manifested said that uh-huh. it was said that it was a a mermaid and that it um, they they were interrogating it and this supposed demonic mermaid spirit was saying that uh, the big fashion trends and stuff that you see all over the world and in, you know, high fashion shows and stuff. Yeah. It was saying that uh, in the Marine Kingdom, they 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 designed those uh, fashions and stuff and then put them out to the people. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I don't know how that works or whatever, but... Um, and it was kind of relating it to the uh, colorfulness of uh, all the different stuff that's going on in the oceans and things. Yeah. And so I had just thought about that. But I, so that was my comment. <laughs> oh, I have okay. a question. Yes, sir. I have a question off of that. Oh, so, right. well, let me ask. 
go to your comment first about the marine spirit. Yeah. What it is, the uh, marine spirits hook up to what they call ley lines. And because of that, they can, uh, they make their designs and stuff and people make these hats or clothes or jewelry and stuff. And it gives them a connection. Once you touch them, once you touch those jewelry and stuff, I had this little girl and she was only about five years old and she'd never heard about the Marine Kingdom. She'd never, never been taught about that. And when we were doing a mass deliverance, this thing manifested in this little girl. And I asked what his name was and he told me, "My, my name is Princess and I'm from the Marine Kingdom. There's no way she knew anything about that, but she got it through playing with this uh, game called My Little Pony. You never know what connects you to the uh, other kingdoms or other uh, dimensions and stuff, and that was it. My Little Pony wow. was the one that connected Princess to the king, Water Kingdom. And because wow. of that, mm-hmm, and because of that, a lot of times you might have uh, rings and stuff, they have curses on them or jewelry that might have curse on them. And they came from the, the Marine kingdom. And like, if you talk to any of those, those main spirits down there, you know, you, you ain't trying to have a conversation say, how are you doing? Is it a good time for you to now? No, your <laughs> job is to get information and get that thing out of there. And they'll tell you they're Kings and priests and they got more wives and more husbands. And sometimes they put a spiritual husband in a person or a spiritual woman uh a husband and a woman or a spiritual wife and a man and they call sometimes we call them incubus and syncubus but there are more than just that in the kingdom and that's why we have to be careful about what we say and how we say things of giving satan power by saying well he's whooping me he's defeating me no no his job is to be whooped his job is to be defeated my job is to overcome him and sometimes it ain't easy because you have what they call, uh, what's that thing called? Uh, it's a, a, a rebellious and uh, trying to think of it, obstinate spirit where it refuses to go. I mean, it's going to battle you until it's last tooth and yeah. nail. It's stubborn. Yeah, stubborn. That's it. Stubborn. And I mean, they are stubborn. This next stubborn spirits and they're not coming out and unless you fight like them like this is your life depended on it nobody else can help you your life depended on it you will fight harder you'll fight stronger and he's going to fight harder and stronger too but only one will is going to win and it's the one who holds out until the end that's why god told us the pray without ceasing it says those who endure to the end those that dare until drop until you drop dead from losing your blood or your life, but they keep on fighting. All right, uh, what was your question? Well, I just uh, well, I want to say uh, I had left out that part of what you were saying. Uh, you were talking about how they connect through the jewelry and clothes and stuff. Right, and that's what they were saying. She said that uh, this over there in Africa, so they sell a lot of that stuff at, you know, marketplaces in the town and stuff. 
she mm-hmm. was, that spirit was saying a lot of people are walking around with uh, cursed, not just jewelry, but clothes and stuff, and they don't yeah. even know it. Uh, and that that gives them a right into their lives. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, anyways, Pastor, I just thought that this was already pretty weird, and I was trying to figure out, okay, so we got this marine kingdom, and I know that you said that there's also a, um, what is it, stuff under the earth? Yeah. So it talks my about question it is, Peter. okay, so my question well, it, is, mm-hmm. um, now this might sound weird, um, does that mean that the earth is hollow? Or is so you know what they're talking about, where they always try and show the Earth is it's just nothing but lava and all that stuff down in there. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been talked about for a long time that it the Earth is hollow, but the other scientists says no, it's just full of molten, molten thing. We don't know what's in there except for what the Bible says, and since it says that Jesus descended under the earth and he was there for three days and three nights and that he witnessed to those that were in captivity that means there had to be somebody there for him to talk to and then it says that on the third day he rose from the dead and he brought those that were captives out of the uh out of uh what they call the catholic church called um purgatory we call it Abraham's bosom, if it was Jewish, or Christianity, says uh, they released us from the from the jail cells that were down there. Because a lot of times, when it says Jesus came to set the captives free, so it had to be bound somewhere to be set free. So you have the heavens, you have the earth, and then you have under the earth, and what's on the earth, water. This water, this earth was completely submerged underwater at one time, and now uh, the uh, the part that's inside the earth is still there because Moses, when he was uh, talking with, I think his name is Korah, where Korah said, "Well, I know God just as well as you do. I should be in charge." And so Moses said, "Okay, you pray and I pray, and whoever God answers, that's the one who's be in charge." And Moses prayed a short prayer, and Lord, he said, "Lord." have no respect to his his prayer, none whatsoever. And as Corin got ready to pray with his family, the earth opened up and swallowed the whole family whole. And they said, uh, some some people in this time period said they was over there where they think where, where Corin was swallowed up, they said they can still hear voices down there screaming. So... As I say, I rather believe what the Bible says than anybody else. Well, yes, huh. there is the uh, heaven, earth, and under the earth. You'll find that under the earth is written by, I think, First Peter or Second Peter, where it talks about Jesus descended into the earth. All right. Did I answer your question? You did. Uh, and, you know, I have forgot about the... Uh... The part about the water, <laughs> <laughs> I 
I forgot all about that. Okay, well, that's all I have for you. Well, thank you. As I say, it's people like you that help me to uh, continue on because I, you know, I'm sitting in this room by myself, and it's kind of hard, you know, not to look at somebody or talk to somebody and stuff. Or if I want to take a break, I can't do it because there's nobody here to help me. But y'all calling in, asking questions and stuff, it gives me a chance to take a, a small break, and I appreciate y'all. All right. Well, I, I uh, appreciate you too. And that's it. Oh, I hear you. Uh, Dorothy, you have anything to say? Uh, no. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about the core rebellion, and uh, that was that was scary. Can you imagine mm-hmm. the earth? Opened up and swallowed somebody next to you. My goodness! I but there are other times in, in scripture that that Father's judgment was immediate. You know. Mhm. Um. So yeah, there's got to be and, something to um, being under the earth because there's also, isn't there also um, stories about the giant? are held in captivity, the Rephaim are held in captivity under bands under the earth. Mm-hmm. In fact, about it, it talks about Apollyon is going to go down to that bottomless pit to open that up to let those things out. And that's what we call, uh, you know, the the scholars usually call them Nephilim. But back in the Old Testament or the old days, they used to call them the uh, Tridents or the Titans, and they're coming out, and that's why when we send them, we send demons, because we don't let them just come out of a prison and let them walk around. We send them either to the pit or to Tartarus. Well, Tartarus is where the uh, Titans are at, and when they, the demon told me once before, he said, he didn't want to go there. He goes to the pit before he goes there. And I said, why? He said, because when we get down there, those giants tear us in half. They don't beat them. They tear them in half. And that's why if you ever seen Dante's painting, uh, Dante's Hell, you'll see that he has a demon eating up people. Well, that's part of that. A lot of things that we call myths and not real are real. We just ain't seen them. <laughs> and probably couldn't stand it if we did. All right. Exactly. You know that- exactly. I would like to address those who are maybe a little concerned about the little girl picking up a spirit from my little pony. Yeah. I have the same problem with my grandkids because now I know all this stuff is demonic that when you grow up, it's just fun, you know, but it's the enemy trying to get a hold of our children. If you would just mm-hmm. pray for your children that, that Father send the angels to surround them and protect them. He will honor that, you know, uh-huh. and let nothing attach. So, yeah, because we're coming up on Halloween. Oh, my goodness, I hate Halloween. Yep, I know. And, I do, too. And and the mother that adopted my grandchildren, who is wonderful, uh-huh. she's a Christian, but she doesn't see anything wrong with Halloween. 
So she takes them out. So I have to really step up my prayer around this time. I hear it. Well, all they have to do is look up what Satan people say. I mean, ain't no need of being ignorant of things. If we look up what Satan people say, this is one of their holidays. They love uh, the 31st. And they said, we don't care if you dress like little angels. At least you're still honoring uh, uh, all is hollow or Sant- uh, I think his name Sant- S-A-N-D-R something. I can't remember that demon's name. And they, they're worshiping him, and that's what he wants. Satan has always wanted worship. And because of that, Huh? And I don't need to. Um, we have another question, area code nine one three. Your mic's open. Yes, I've got a question uh, concerning Halloween. What is oh, your wow. opinion on uh, all all the churches that don't that don't quote quote do Halloween but do trunk or treats? What is your feeling on that? Well, it's put like this. My daughter and me got into a conversation once. If you tell a lie and put uh, uh, half truth with it, is it a lie or a truth? The thing is, if you put half a lie with half a truth, it's still a lie. Same thing with this Halloween stuff. When they celebrate All is Hollow, that's on the 31st of October, then they try, uh, Christians try to come up with a new one. It's about uh, All Saints Day. Which is the first of September, I mean, first of November, is still celebrating their time. So the churches need to get away from it. They need to, uh, the people who are celebrating uh, uh, this stuff, they need to see what the witches and warlocks did. I mean, you know, if they can't figure about reading the Bible to stay away from this stuff, then they need to read what the enemy says. So they will not be ignorant to Satan's devices. And as you understand, they do a lot of blood sacrifices and stuff. And people do things that they normally wouldn't do. And they said, I don't know why I did that. That's because they become under the demonic control of the spirit of this time. And Halloween is one of them. And another thing, too, that Ouija board. Uh, a lady that I know of bought a Ouija board as a game to play in the house. It messed up her kids from that point on and herself. And that was over 30 years ago. And they didn't even play with the Ouija board. They just had it in the house. So I advise the people, leave Satan stuff alone. Why play Satan stuff when you're going to give him a legal right to your children and to you because you heard the truth and rejected it? Did I answer your question? Yes, uh, I've I've got kind of a a question that uh, kind of goes off of that. Uh, I know a lot of schools will have uh, where the kids will parade around in costumes. Uh, do you think that that those schools, if you uh, said that you had a religious concern? Uh, do you think that they would take that seriously? No. Now, here's the thing. It's, if it's uh, Christian, they will not listen to us because, you know, we're not violent. But if they fit it to a Muslim, they would change that right quick. 
because you will not force a bosom to celebrate any other God but their God. So when you're parading around and that stuff, then uh, the Muslims won't be there. And that's what we should do, take our kids and grandkids out of school for that day. And fight with legislation to change the thing and get God back into the schools. So they voted him out, but we need to vote him back in. Now, do you have an answer? Because, you know, whether whether you celebrate it or not, you know, depending on where you live, you're going to have kids that come to your up to your house. Is there a way to, to I guess, kind of spend that holiday to put focus on God instead of the candy and the, uh, the demonicness of it? Mm-hmm. Well, my answer is I... You know, they have a law. It's an unwritten law. If you turn out your lights, they don't stop at your house. So I leave the light off in my house. So that way they don't never come by. And I've been here 10 years at my house. And never once has anybody knocked on my house talking about sugar treats or whatever you call it. Sugar treats. So that's what I do. That's my answer to it. I don't try to celebrate it or try to get another celebration at all. But there's nothing, because when you do exorcism, as you know I do, and you and the other people that's in different churches, you know the devil is real. Why play with the devil? Yeah, well, I know that that I've went to places where, you know, it's, what would you call it? Uh, you know, in certain housing districts, it's almost considered uh, part of being part of the neighborhood uh, so you know I was kind of asking that question for people like that how, how to deal with that yeah well the last two neighborhoods that I lived in never had nobody knocking on my doors because I turned the lights off alright uh, I, I believe that's all I have for tonight well thank you sir you have a good day there, and uh, as I say, Paul is one of our good members. In fact, he's, uh, he does exorcism, too, but it lets people know exorcists are real. The Catholic Church recognizes it. We recognize it. The Pentecostal Church recognizes it. The only ones that don't recognize uh, that exorcism is real is the ones who are walking with the devil. Now, that's just good because Satan cannot cast out Satan. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have any else, anything else, Dorothy? Nope, that's it. I'm just still reeling a little bit emotionally from the Halloween thing. I just, I have such a strong attention to it, you know. And I know mm-hmm. trying to keep my grandchildren free of all this stuff in the world, it's it's almost like a full time job, you know. Mhm. Yeah. I was I'm glad God came and rescued me for that. To where I had to stand up and tell my kids the truth. Then it's up to them to teach their children. So if they're doing it, if they running out here celebrating Halloween, ain't nobody telling me. <laughs> oh. Okay. This is the time when murder starts climbing up. In fact. 
I already said that Kansas City is one of the places that have the spirit of murder here in Jezebel and uh, Moloch, blood sacrifices. And it's proven it because the church are not doing what they should be doing, casting demons down out instead of praying, trying to pray and say, may God help us, may God help us. And God says, hey, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. In other words, he done told us we're the one that's supposed to be in the wrestling match with these things. And that God's going to allow things to go on as it is until we fight back. He is the one that teaches us how to war. All right. Well, if anybody else got their mic open, they can push one. And I'm taking a little small break here before we get into some more of the book of Revelation. Oh, we've been doing pretty good so far. All right. Well, if nobody's raising their hand, we'll go back to uh, uh, Revelation, the 15th chapter. I mean, Revelation, the 13th chapter. I'm sorry. And the uh, 15th verse. We'll go back to that one. And he had power to give. Uh, I think we just had someone raise their hand again. I think. Because it went off and then it came back on. 8162, raise your hand. Your mic's open. Yes, uh, it's me again, um, Seth. Um, it was several things that I heard uh, as you were talking about the demonic spirits. I don't know if anybody else heard it, but on my phone, there was this noise. It was really weird. Um, as you were trying to talk about Halloween, some of it I got, uh-huh. and some of it I did not. It was uh odd noise. But as far as Daniel... Getting back to the marina uh, spirit, even if um, these women that buy the hair, they say that those uh, are also the the hair. Some of the hair is cursed. Yeah. Because they they sacrifice it to their god or whatever before they send it and ship it to the United States for our women to put it in their heads. That's true. Uh, and then you spoke about the ring. I had put my hand up several times, but I guess I was disconnecting it at the same time. But um, then the ring, uh, I need to talk with you about that more in depth. Uh, okay. Because that is supposed to be the power that's possibly over me. Okay. Not sure. Now they, but One of the things that most churches don't know about they have what they call power rings. Mm-hmm. And they can have as many as one, or most times I have met people that have 10 power rings. They have different stones in those rings, but they're invisible. They belong to the uh, spiritual realm. And with those well, rings, one, they this, command things to happen, especially with demons. They can control them. This but- this particular one is supposed to be a real, <clears throat> a realistic uh, ring, uh, a tangible ring, yeah. not one like in our deliveries. And it has a heart. It has it's an Irish ring. Yeah. A certain way that you turn it, and there was a, I guess an incident of the same as my daughter's years ago which I intend to look into who are the owners of my second house. <laughs> uh-huh. 
is there any truth to that? Yes, yes. That's why I was saying, I was saying about the spiritual rings. But they are, those spiritual rings represent things that are in the natural. So you may see a warlock that have all these different rings on their hand or witches that have all these different rings on their hands and stuff. That is how they contact or control the spirit realm. Okay. That's how you'll be able to identify the jewelry they'd be wearing. With the uh, bats and the eagles and the darkness and skeletons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, but sometimes- this particular one that was described to me has a heart, a diamond in the middle of the heart, and uh-huh. uh, a set of hands that are above yeah. it and a crown. Yeah, I have to see it, but it sounds like to me that you got something demonic. And here's another thing, too, about these demonic jewelries and stuff. You can see things Mm -hmm. and not even realize it's demonic. And I'll give you an example, is that you'll see these phoenix, that you'll see these high high witches, high uh, Illuminati witches wear. But they don't, people don't know what they're looking at, so they, they don't look at it as anything is bad. But they're phoenix, which means it dies and comes back to life again. And they'll be wearing it on their dresses, and the men wear it on their lapel. Wow. I see a lot of them when I be watching uh, news and stuff, especially in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the main I thing. Would, God doesn't want us to be ignorant to Satan's devices. That's why we look, but we don't look to be like them or use their power and stuff. We look so we'll know what we run into. Okay. I would like to see what that looks like, what you're talking about, so I can be aware of it. Okay. Definitely would. Okay, I, I I'm sorry I interrupted because I know you no, were going. You're to doing the next good. I'm great. I appreciate anybody that calls in. It gives me a break to give me a chance to relax in this chair because I'm sitting at the edge of my seat most of the time trying to make sure that I read every word that the Bible says and everything, and it's kind of listening for God to speak to me at the same time. Right, All right, right, and that's very important. That's very important because if it's not. Each word that the Bible speaks in is not correct. Mm-hmm. I do right. appreciate you. Well, thank you, and I appreciate y'all. All okay. Right. Dorothy, you got any comments for her? Um, I was just wondering with these rings, is that what the, the books were about, the Lord of the Rings? Was that supposed to give us an insight? Into the work and machinations of the evil one. Yeah, I've never watched the movie. Um, I have watched bits and pieces of the movie, but I'm not sure. That's just what I was told recently. And there's a ring that's hidden in a house of mine, <laughs> and that <clears throat> has power, a lot of power. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to do about it. But it is causing havoc, or something over there is causing havoc. Okay. All the way That's down to phenomenal. You know, as I told you earlier, a curse is not broken until it's broken. Until right. it's broken. So what, we, so what we do, 
uh, what we have is what they call a general curse breaking. And we do that, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden we'll go back and look to see if there's anything extra. A lot of times God has to give it to us supernaturally where we'll say something and don't even know nothing about it. It'll be from the Holy Spirit himself opening up our mouth to break this curse over a person or that family and stuff. Mm-hmm. This last one I just got through doing a deliverance on, her mother and father are king and queen over in Africa. And uh, as we were doing uh, curse breaking, we found out that the mother and father were, as they captured different nations, they killed the they king they killed the kings and queens or whoever's in charge and drink their blood. That's to give them more power. There's so right. much to know about the spiritual realm, the evilness that's out here. And that like what we was reading earlier where it says the uh dragon drove down one third of the uh stars, which one third of the stars represents one third of the angels, but how much is one third and how many angels do God have that we do not know? And each one has their own thing that, they, that they're in charge of. But when they got kicked out of heaven, they still have that knowledge. And that's why hmm. we battle not against people, but against spirit realms. And that's why on something like that, we need to pray and ask the Lord to reveal and see if the Lord will reveal what is what does that ring look like, what is name. Uh, I've seen people draw things that they didn't they saw in the vision, and we had to break that curse. Or they wrote a letter in the spirit realm and didn't realize it, and they signed it. And that's why Satan had Trump, uh, control over that family. We had to go back, act like we're writing a letter that was in the spiritual realm. And then tear it up, make it null and void to break that curse. Wow. So we learn by the things that we go through. Jesus had to learn by the things he suffered through. Everything that Jesus well, did I, is not written in the book. That's why John well, said if well, everything was written. That, mm-hmm. That's why John said if everything that Jesus did was written, there would be enough books to contain it. And a lot of things that Jesus wouldn't tell us, but he would tell his disciples privately so that they would learn how to fight things. Like uh, some of the things that I learned as I was coming up through the ministry and stuff, uh, how some of these preachers are in the pulpit are warlocks. And people just don't know Sunday school teachers and stuff. And they're practicing witchcraft. But I had them tell me, so I know what I'm talking about. I'm not guessing at this thing. Wow. All right. Well, I'm glad this program's on so that people can hear these things and be able to learn of what the Bible says and what it doesn't say and what people are teaching that behind closed door that you don't know about. But it, just remember this. Our Bible says we're getting ready to go into uh, We have already started, not going into it. We already started. Revival is coming to this land. I don't care what anybody says. It's America's defeated and there will be. Listen, if God saves one person, it's like saving a whole world. So the revival is here. We're going to see greater miracles now. 
for those that know their God and understand the word of God and how the kingdom operates, they're going to see greater miracles, just like for me and my, my family. When my kids were sick, I wasn't running them to the doctor. I was laying hands on them and praying for them, and they were getting healed, including uh, uh, on my daughters that had that time of the month. I just pray over them, and they were instantly healed and went on back to school. That's powerful. That is powerful. Now, Pastor, um, I'm thinking about uh, the ring and the curse and the. She can ask Father to reveal it to her in its location and its power and how to break it, right? And He will reveal it to her. Yeah. As I said, but you got to be prepared to hear the word of God. Because sometimes we pray things and we're not ready to, to hear God's voice. You know, like we, we've we been out uh, watching TV all day, you know, game shows and stuff. But you ain't prepared yourself to hear from God. So that's why we have to look at the things. Like some of these people, they watch, because uh, I used to be guilty of it, uh, young and restless and uh, all my children in General Hospital, that's way back about 40 years ago, but I was looking <laughs> at that, and, and I could not, I wasn't hearing from God like I could. And that's the way sometimes of the day, because they got these different programs on, and it's all for a distraction. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, Absolutely. I hope you'll be able to make it to church Sunday. Well, I'm I'm hoping so too. It's depending on how my grandkids are. Well, I hear you because we've been a lot of new teachings, and the main thing is so we can be able to fight the 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 great fight, the good fight. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Um, well, you got anything to say to me, Dorothy? Um. I would I would like to share a little story. I don't know if it's helpful, but I remember one time there was something wrong with my car. And I asked Father to show me what was wrong with my car. And mm-hmm. he did. And I still didn't know what was wrong with my car. <laughs> <laughs> and what he showed me was it looked like a printer cartridge. And I had no idea there was anything that looked like that in my car. And uh-huh. then when the mechanic, I, I, I asked it, can you show me what was wrong? And it was the printer cartridge. So when we ask for an answer, we've got to have a little bit of knowledge, I think. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure, but I, the other uh, Saturday to be exact, I um, came down and had a cup of coffee and say my prayers. And all of a sudden, I heard a boom. Well, I said, well, that's on prospect. I shouldn't have to worry about that. I'm not going to go look. But there was this inner voice that said, go look outside. Go look outside. And I kind of argued with myself. I said, no, it's not. You didn't sound that loud. Go look outside. So I said, okay, now I'm done arguing here. I'm going to go look outside. Sure enough. A drunk driver going the wrong way demolished my vehicle. Oh, no. 
Yeah. Fiery dart. Don't you love them? Yeah. Yeah, so anyway. We're just pilgrims passing through this world. So I'm I'm sure closing that door was opening another in some way or another from my God above. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was my experience Saturday morning. Yeah. Well, I hear you. All but that's right. all I have. Well, thank you very much. All right. Well, thank you. Well, anybody out there has a, a question before we leave? We got about another 10 minutes. I don't you see do any hands. Okay. Yeah. Let me Look at and say where we're we gonna be at so we can be ready for next week. Let me finish this last scriptures and then we'll uh get ready to close out. So I'm at the thirteenth chapter of Revelation and we're at the uh fifteenth verse again where it says, And he had and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that that image of the beast should be both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now, years back, I'm talking about at least, oh, I say 10 years ago, I saw this uh, animated uh, thing that looked like humans. And it was able to speak and think for itself. And it was over in India. Uh, it looked it looked human. Right now, they got these uh, machines that they're making. For uh, for a pleasure, I'll leave it like that. For pleasure, and they look like human beings, but there's going to be one that that is going. Uh, they're going. They already made started making them in the military. What we call I call them cyborgs, but they actually other things. They have they're half human, half machine, but they have no feeling at all. So in other words. If, if the military sends them into your house, there's no need to say, give me mercy, do not shoot me, do not shoot my kids. It has no mercy. It has nothing programmed to have mercy. And they will just kill just because it is programmed to kill. All right? So it says, uh, the 16th verse, and he calls all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive the mark in their right hand or in their forehead. They started taking uh, the mark here in Kansas City over 40 years ago. I saw it. And they were putting in people's hands or in their forehead. And as they were going through the, uh, uh, before they had those machines, uh, you know, for grocery stores, they had these wands they put on it. That's when they started using it. And now they tell you, you don't have to take no credit card. Just walk up there and they take the wand and go across your head, across your right hand. And they'll be able to transfer your money out of your account to their account. That's why I was teaching 40 years ago about the cashless society. And it's coming to pass right now. If you notice, way back when, we used to have a $1,000 bill, $5,000 bill, $10,000 bill. They're no longer in existence. They made them now. The highest thing you can find is a $100 bill. Why? Because you can't carry that much money on you. So what you'll do is you'll use the credit card. And the credit card is a capitalist thing. So 
that's what they're trying to get is to the Catholic society. And that, as I say, they'll have this mark either in their right hand or in their forehead, and those chips can control your mind. They can control your mind. That's why once you receive it, you'll not be saved because you cannot come back. Your mind will be hooked up to that computer, and their computer will tell you how to think, the way you'll think it's normal. Then it says, 17, that no man might buy or sell, save he that has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name or his authority. Here's wisdom. Let him that understand count the numbers of the beast. What is the number of a man? And a number, the, and his number is 600, three scores and six. That's where we get 666. Now, when it says that, uh, for is the number of a man, when was man made on the sixth day? That's why it's, it's called 666. It is something that Satan has moved to be in mankind that will control their thoughts as they surrender their will unto this machine. The machines are a lot faster than we are thinking because of the things that they're doing, but actually our minds are faster than a computer. But that's something we'll have to search out and see later. So the next time we're on, we're going to be starting in Revelation, the 14th chapter, and the first verse. Revelation, the 14th chapter, and the first verse. As I say, there's some, some questions that probably in your mind that y'all didn't ask tonight. But this is why I'm on the radio, so that I can answer questions. I don't care what book you want to try to talk. From uh, Genesis to Revelation, I may not know the answer, but the Holy Spirit knows the answer. And I can ask, and he can give it to us, or we can receive, if it's time for us to receive. Because of some things God has hidden from us until it's ready to be revealed, that people will know that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Diligently. That means don't give up. Keep looking until God rewards you. All right. Anybody else got anything to ask or anything to comment on? Dorothy? I don't see any more hands up. Of course, people don't put their hands down, and I'm not sure how to do that. If you press the one again, I'll have to figure that out. Okay. Remind me, I need to tell people about what is some of our weapons of our warfare that we, that it mighty through God through the pulling down a stronghold. And several of these scriptures are the book of uh, uh, Ezekiel, the book of Job, the book of uh, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. A lot of times you, you'll look over something and not realize this is a weapon that we can use in our prayer life. But the Bible says that we should pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. So the thing is, if we'll understand what the word says and do it, then we'll we'll receive the reward that God has for us. And that we'll be able to fight defeat the enemy like uh Leviathan. He's supposed to be our dinner. He's not supposed to be over us. We're supposed to be over him. And the Leviathan represents pride. 
pride. So we should crucify our ego. That's where the pride is. Crucify our ego daily. Don't think about yourself more than you are. Well, I'm a Christian, and I've got this under control and that under control. Because every time you think you've got everything under control, you'll find out, oh, there is something I'm missing. If it's no more than lying. Some people lie and don't even realize they're lying, but they just lie anyway and don't realize they got a spirit in them that's doing that. And they don't agree with that spirit for so long that they become a part of that spirit. There's people like uh, they have Jezebel spirit. Well, how do you fight against Jezebel? You call in the dog of Jezreel to bite on Jezebel, on Ahab, which is her husband. You also call in the angels to read the gospel of Jesus Christ into mind control ears and mind blockers ears. And you say how many angels you need to do that with. You also, uh, just like the Nephilim, when you fight them, and you, you're fighting them already. There are giants in the land. There were giants before and there are giants after. We're talking about spiritual giants, but we're also talking about natural giants. But let's get rid of the spiritual giants. So what we do, we look at what Nephilim that we know got uh, killed. One of them was uh, Goliath. And what did, what did David do? He took his head off his body and cut it off. That's what we do spiritually. We hold it up as a trophy to the Most High God, and we cut off the heads of the Nephilim. We throw them into the pit. We change the body, which is in Psalms 1, their bodies to share, which the Holy Spirit blows away. We have weapons that's, that's available to us, but if we don't know how to use them, then it's no good for us. Like if you're going through a, uh, a real bad spell, use Psalms 23, and you'll say, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. I don't need to be in need, because he's going to take care of me. Or Psalms 24, open up the gates. Which gates? The gates that hell, uh, that hell has got. And we go down there and plunder hell. In other words, open up the gates, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? He's a um, strong and mighty, mighty in battle, who taught my hands how to war. Well, what is my hand? That means my thoughts. You change your thoughts against the enemy. You speak those things as though it was. I kick open the gates of hell. I kick over those little bitty demons that's in front trying to put fear in me. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Speak those things what's in the word and speak it as if God gave it to you to speak because he did. He's giving you weaponry to fight. That's why Psalms uh, 70 through Psalms 82, especially 82, God judges among the gods. In other words, you get Jesus involved in your problems. Whatever's going on, you get Jesus involved in there so that we may destroy the works of the devil. We don't like him. He don't like us. That's good. Another thing, too, when you get ready to do uh, curse breaking, figure out, pray first, and see what the Lord shows you about things that's in your life that needs to be broken. It could be generational curses on both sides of the family all the way back to Adam and Eve. And you just don't know it because somebody was made a blood sacrifice with uh, Moloch and stuff. And a lot of things that most people don't tell you is uh, that the enemy is very crafty. He is very tricky. And that's why we're supposed to do all that we can 
to stand, then stand. All right. Well, until next week, I'm going to pray and uh, Dorothy and uh, let people know that with Christ, you win. Without Christ, you lose. Feed your faith. Starve your doubt. Father, in the name of Jesus, as I come before you and ask you for uh, ministering angels to minister to your people, I ask that they will get wisdom and understanding from the Holy Spirit into their minds, that they will be able to see the word of God that is, is vibrant and alive and is vibrating and is strong and is willing to teach us according to the will of God the things that we need to know, how we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Father, we understand that you are God and God all by yourself, that you have charted us to make it into the kingdom through your son, the blood of the lamb, who was slain from the foundation of the world. And Father, because of this, we are made the sons and daughters of the most high God. And as we learn the devil will start to flee from us because you told us in the word, if we submit ourselves unto God, resist the devil, he will flee from us. He didn't say from you. He said from us because greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. When we start to realize how great you are in us, that you're that treasure in earthen vessels, that we have power from on high to believe that God's word is what he said it is, able to uh, defeat every enemy, able to bless us to the uttermost, to give us more than our mind can even think or believe. And Father, because of that, we receive the engrafted word of God that we, we not sin against you and pray for our family and our friends to receive the Holy Spirit and then to operate it by walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. Father, we come to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus Christ's mighty name. And we all say, amen. Amen. So until next week, we'll start up on uh, Revelation the 14th. And the main thing is, I said, I'm trying to get people to learn to re read this thing for yourself. Because I never know when the Lord's going to tell me to move on to something else so that we'll have weapons. That's what we need, weapons for our warfare. So until next time, Dorothy, have a blessed day. You have a blessed evening. Father bless everybody, and good night.